Hello and welcome to the Gemcast. I'm your host, Alex Knight, and this is episode 8. Today I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast, and science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford. In episode 8, Starbright Part 3, Rising Star, Jem, Rio, the Holograms, and most of the movie crew quit the film after Kimber and Jeff's close call on the explosions. Unfazed, the Misfits decide to start the movie from scratch, doubling its budget in the process. As for the holograms, they resume work on the original Starbright script with the hope that the film's profits will cover the costs of Bonnie's operation. Which movie will be a success? Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Showtime, Synergy! Picking up where episode 7 left off, this is now part 3 of the Starbright uh, miniseries. It just keeps going. Like the movie that they are making, this will never end. (laughs) As we left off from last week's episode, Kimber ends up in a near-fatal explosion on the set of Starbright. Trapped amidst the flames, Jeff races to Kimber's rescue on his motorcycle uh, we can faint. Jeff carries Kimber to the nurse uh, to get looked after. An argument breaks out when Jem blames Roxy for the accident, but the rest of the misfits lie and act as Roxy's alibi, claiming she was with the group the entire time. The blame quickly shifts to Eric Raymond, but he passes the buck to the technician, who, of course, then passes it on to Clash. It's like the worst game of telephone ever. It is. It really is. And, and speaking of the worst, uh, Clash says, I didn't touch a thing, and then bangs her symbols together. She's just the worst. <laughs> she's pretty. She's pretty the worst, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to think that she would know how to control her little wrist symbols. She seems to have had them for long enough. Somebody needs to take those damn things away from her. <laughs> Well, and you know, they're such little symbols, but they make such a deep, resonant sound. They do. They, they defy do. the laws of physics, it would seem to me. The mystery. The mystery of Flash's symbols right, and their right. loudness. I- I'd like to know the uh, the history behind those things. Like, What gave her the idea that putting tiny symbols on your wrists would be a great idea. Yeah. I'm sure that there's some fan fiction about that somewhere. Like the origin <laughs> of the day Clash decided this is my life's mission, my life's path. Symbols on my wrist. Let's do this. Well, this seems like the last straw for everybody working on this film um, and uh, infuriated with the way the production is being handled. Jem and the holograms quit along with Rio. Uh, This creates a mutiny uh, within, and a majority of the crew ends up leaving, forcing Eric Raymond and the Misfits to consider rewriting the entire script and hiring new people. Pizzazz suggests uh, asking her father for additional funding, as the production budget will have to double as a result of the sudden changes. How convenient, having someone with an endless flow of money to tap into. Mm Mm-hmm. Or that she thinks she has to tap into. Right. Well, we'll see. And back at the nurse's office, Kimber is given a clean bill of health and finally, finally coming to her senses about the way she's treated Jeff in the past. And she seems surprised that he saved her life. And uh, she actually, um, uh, she she tells this to, to Jeff and he says this line that's, a, a bit corny, but he says, Kimber, I'd ride through fire for you. And he did. <laughs> you know, Jeff is actually my favorite of Kimber's many boyfriends. Um, because, like, he's just so adorable. Where He's like, oh, no, let me get on this bike and ride through fire for Kimber. And, like, this girl who's treated him so horribly that right. he can see the good in her. Or at least he can see that she's pretty and he doesn't care if she's mean. <laughs> yeah, I like that he's not pushy he's persistent but he's not pushy he's able to give her the right amount of space and he doesn't seem too worried about it you know he's not worried that uh she might not reciprocate he's like okay i'm gonna you know i'm just gonna give her some space and you know if she does end up 
showing an interest, then great. But if not, I'm not going to push it. That's the impression that I get. Unlike the polar opposite, which of you know Nick Man, who <laughs> is just just a slime ball, oh, famous movie star. But like, let's just stop to appreciate this world where physics don't really matter so much, and where the moral code of conduct is such that the misfits can do pretty much whatever and almost kill people like every single episode. And Kimber can be surprised that somebody actually saved her life because apparently in this world, if someone is like a little bit rude to you or maybe doesn't reciprocate interest, like it's okay to let them die in a fire or explosiony death. That's an excellent point. And that brings up two interesting points because, you know, if you're going to sabotage the production of a movie by, you know, you know, setting off explosions prematurely, what, exactly is going through your head what do you really expect to happen the misfits don't seem to have any kind of conception that right. the things that they do to people would cause death and maybe that's because they know that they live in a world where people only die when nobody's looking <laughs> it seems like pizzazz and uh and Roxy are the two without a moral compass and, and Stormer, uh, you know, Stormer's just the one that kind of goes along with it, but she's the only one that really seems human to me. Yeah. But it, it, it's weird because like, I mean, they just do, they do dangerous things like putting people inside of, you know, bus uh, luggage areas and running over children with bulldozers and whatever. Oh, making ships almost crash into bigger ships and whatever else they've done. Uh, since the beginning of the series and now like almost exploding Kimber. But I really do believe that like they don't actually think any of these things will mean death because we don't even really see death occur in this series. And I guess because they're like, oh, but it's for children. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but also it's for children, but yet there's bulldozers, you know, and, and it's, it's well, really weird. Well, it's implied, at least implied. I mean, they never show it because right. they can't obviously right but it but, but that's the thing is like death is only ever implied like you know jerica and kimber's father died before this stuff even began later on when we learn about their mother she literally dies because everybody turned around at the airport and then the plane just like went off into the distance who knows what happened to pizzazz's mother i don't think that's ever explained um it's it's always just this like series of if people are dead they died when nobody was like paying attention or they were looking at the screen or whatever. So, so yeah, I, I have to wonder, like, do the misfits think that death exists in this world? Well, via and, their actions. Yeah. And well, it's also a world that's just kind of devoid of consequences for them. Right. Like it really is. They, they do whatever and nothing happens. And so they keep doing whatever, you know, and that's, trying to run over people with bulldozers or Eric Raymond sending goons to plant bombs under couch cushions or push over gargoyles or whatever. But like nothing, nothing ever happens. You know, it's just, they do bad things that doesn't work out. So they just keep doing bad things. I always hoped that uh, they would have moved past that because after eight episodes, it, it starts to become tiresome that that there are no consequ consequences to anyone's actions you know at least not to the serious ones that occur but i mean mind you you know this is this is me looking at the show objectively through the lens of adult eyes so it's not quite the same when you're you know eight years old watching a cartoon show, you're not going to nitpick all these details about whether or not something is realistic or not. You know, obviously it's, it's, I think it's poor planning. I'm not even going to say poor writing, but poor planning on the show's part. And there's definitely, you know, you know, I hold the people, you know, accountable for, for that. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is that most of us would, you know, most kids would never pick a show apart like this. But we should move on. So now we're back at Starlight Mansion, and we see Jerrica reading a bedtime story to Bonnie. And uh, Bonnie seems to be in good spirits about how Jem is going to help her get the eye surgery. 
she needs. And Shayna confronts Jerrica about not being able to tell her the truth that she hasn't raised the $250,000 needed for the operation. But Jerrica seems more determined than ever in this scene not to let Bonnie down, which I think is nice. Well, what are you going to do? You know, like, I don't know. She can't give up at this point. She's gone this far, right? I mean, she's trying to make a movie and she's gone through all of these terrible situations and she could have given up, but I mean, she doesn't want to let her down. And Jerrica's really, you know, Jerrica slash Jim is really the only, you know, mother figure in Bonnie's life. I mean, she's an orphan, right? So I, I don't think any human being would want to have that on their conscience that they didn't do everything possible that they could in their power to help somebody who really needed that help. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. And it's a, it's a really sweet moment, but... Not to be the biggest party pooper ever, but it just, I still looked at that and I was like, if only you had some business acumen, Jerrica, we wouldn't right. be in this situation. <laughs> yeah. I know it's rude. I know it's mean. I'm the meanie, mean, mean. <laughs> but it's it's also realistic. Like, you know, maybe have a business manager or someone running the office or, you know, whatever. Right. Right. Well, I thought, you know, this brings us to the next scene, which I thought was, was pretty good. And, you know, they're, they're, they're coming up with creative ways to try to figure out, you know, how, how can we raise this money? So we see Jem and the crew of Starbright brainstorming about how they can raise money for the operation. And they decide to make their own indie movie on a shoestring budget, just like <laughs> they used to for their early, early music videos. Like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. But uh, each of the crew members volunteer to help out with production from costumes to makeup to set design. So they're all doing their part. They all want to do their part. And, um, you know, they're they're naturally not going to get paid for the production. And this brings us to the first music video of this episode, uh, which is putting it all together. Uh, what did the two of you think about the, the video and the song? It's not the worst song in the episode. Not exactly a compliment. I like putting it together. It has like an upbeat, happy, making the move, putting it all together. I like this song. I this video is whatever, but the song is is one of my faves. Well, it's certainly not the worst song in this uh, episode, <laughs> which we'll get to. I'm not going to uh, not going to go there just at this moment. But uh, yeah, any anything that stood out in in the music video, or, or was it pretty forgettable for you? Well, I, it's one of those music videos where I, I remember a lot of the elements of it, like even, you know, even if I haven't watched it for a while. Um, and my I think my favorite element is how sometimes their faces move into the screen like cards. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that. That's pretty funny. Isn't this the video with high-fiving? There's a lot of high-fiving going on. I think so. No. Or maybe that was one of the later videos. I'm I don't remember. Sure. There's high-fiving in one of the music videos. I thought it was this one. No, it's a lot of like people moving in step and then the card thing keeps happening over and over. Which is it's not bad. And it's actually not badly animated at all. It's 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 okay. And you know, they're putting it all together. And speaking of animation, uh, you know, I, I think the music videos always seem to be, you know, a better example of the animation quality. Um they always seem to to do a better job with the videos in general because they have a lot more complexity to them. There's a lot more things going on. So it just seems like, and I don't know if they outsourced the videos to other studios. That's very, very possible. But it always seemed to me like the music videos were uh, noticeably better than the, the rest of the animation in the show. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that. Sometimes, but I, I still think that like when they send it, when when the episode is animated by the B team or the C team or whatever, sometimes you still do get videos where you're like, and that's animated by these same terrible people, All right? Sure. There, I mean, there there's reuse, and certainly in the later seasons when when they actually reuse some of the songs from the earlier episodes, um, there's some reuse going on for sure. Lots of, lots of cheating, which which tends to happen. I mean that that even happens today in in cartoons. Less less obviously though. Because uh, I think people are a little more critical about the quality of the shows that they're actually producing now. 
but uh, but that's just a reality. So in the next scene, uh, we see Clash pulling up in her car to uh, talk to video, and I don't know what video was filming in that scene. Was that Starlight Mansion? I think so. It, uh, that's what I thought, but it wasn't. It, it kind of it happened so fast that I didn't really get a good glimpse of what she was shooting. She's getting some B-roll. Right. But uh, anyway, so Clash wanted to talk to video, and um, the scene is about uh, the rumors that Jem is making her own movie, but of course this is a flashback, and the scene is cut short, and we see Clash telling the misfits uh, that video said exactly, you can tell the misfits that Jem and the holograms are going to make you look like the phony trash you are. <laughs> Once again, we come back to calling people trash. And I just, I mean, I, you know, they can have all their feelings about the misfits that they want. But like this continual use of the word trash. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jerrica, or as, as it is, video. Uh, Do you think uh, video actually said those exact words? Because remember, this is a flashback, and this is seen through Clash's memory. So they cut the video short, and so you don't end up really hearing what video says. This is what Clash is saying. So one could assume that she's just making it worse than it actually is. I don't know. I would. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what she said. I mean, because sometimes people embellish things to make it seem worse, a situation worse than it is, right? You know, when stories are handed off to other people, because you, sometimes you don't remember the exact word, so they, you may you might paraphrase something. So I can easily see that happening with Clash. She seems like that kind of the kind of person that would just make a bigger deal out of out of something. But uh, I, I'm, you know, it's totally plausible that that video said something derogatory, but perhaps not in those exact words. But I might just be overanalyzing it a, a bit too. Maybe a little. And the misfits devise a plan to infiltrate the holograms production with a spy. And Clash is sent to Georgia, the misfits' makeup artist, to give her a disguise. And of course, they lie about the reason why she needs to be made up. It was an amazing transformation. It really was. It didn't look anything like Clash. Like, how do you how do you even get hair to do that? Yeah, good makeup. I, I assumed the hair was a wig, though. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Because her hair, I mean, it goes back later in the episode. Spoiler. Yeah, I suppose so. Oh, no, spoilers. I know. <laughs> but, yeah. We won't hold you responsible <laughs> for that. It's okay. But, but you know, it's it, once again, we get to this point where you know, Clash only... Clash looks severely different, not only because of her hair, but because all of her makeup is different. Well, it's off, I guess you would say. But then she could just be any person. That's sort of the thing. If you, I remember once either on Facebook or Tumblr seeing um, pictures where somebody had just like removed all the makeup from all the different gem and the holograms faces and discovered that they were all the same face. <laughs> so she Stop literally it. could be any woman. Every She's every woman without her clash makeup. So Video decides to film a documentary about the making of the Gem movie, and she interviews the cast and crew and discovers that everyone is working on the movie pro bono. And Rio divulges what his role in the movie is, and he says, and I quote, <laughs> You see, I play Johnny Stone. Oh my God. I start out as a selfish rocker, but Gem shows me how to share. Oh my God. <laughs> I just... Busted! I got laughing oh. at this. Is, I, I even remember oh. that. I remember as a child being like, "What? <laughs> what did you say? Get off my television screen, Rio!" <laughs> well, and like <laughs> teaches me how to share. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I just wish in that scene, Mister T pops out of nowhere and goes, "Shut up, fool!" <laughs> but the thing that I want to know is, are there a, there? Why is Rio in everything? I mean, I he, was a, he is the road manager. How does he end up starring? Maybe he a is a brilliant actor for all of you. <laughs> I've seen the scenes from Starbright, and I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think Jim and Rio's acting abilities are kind of on the same level, which is to say not, not great. <laughs> this is true. Like, they're not, they're, they're not going to win any Oscar I, anytime soon. Uh, but that comes up later, though, and... 
Oh my God, the shade, but we'll get to that next season. But <laughs> so, so, but just like, I just, like, why? So Rio's in every music video. He's the, he's the leading man of Starbright. Mm-hmm. It's like Rio just does all these things. And I'm like, is Rio really like this much of a Renaissance man? Or are they just not wanting to draw another dude? That one. Just <laughs> that one. Rio is a character actor. He can transform himself. You'd, you'd never tell it was him in any movie. I just, I just wish he could transform himself into not an ass. Right. That would be good. Like, why don't you I play thought. a role in which you're not a jerk? So, anyway. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. <laughs> okay, go. We have, we have Rio over here. Like, Jim is showing him how to share. So, Jim, so, so we're, we're sending this message to children that it is okay to try to change a person to make them what you want them to be. I just want to throw that out there. Of yeah. course it's okay. Well, for, forget <laughs> cheating cheating on somebody. Forget cheating on somebody. Sharing is what's really important. You can cheat on, on your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. That's not a big deal. That's what the, that's what this show tells me. Oh, lies. This. Is that a poly triad? Jesus! Well, but 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 that only works, as you've discussed in the past, that only works if everybody knows. Not everybody knows. Well, no, but... The three of them know, like oh. Jerrica and Jim and Rio all know that they're all, but see, okay, the, thing yeah, that yeah. I wanted, right. the thing that I wanted that we never got is I needed there to be an actual discussion between Rio and Jerrica and Rio and Jim where Rio is like, I'm sorry. I was a jerk. Please take me back. I will never do that again. I'm so sorry. We didn't even get that. Rio just shows up. And now he's in a movie. Now he's mm-hmm. the leading man in a movie. I'm like, ah, See, and this is why it is a problem. They just forgive anything. But I think this is why so many people like have this problem with Rio's relationship with Jim and Jerrica. Because yeah, like there are always these moments, like throughout this series, of him just being a complete jerk to other people, to Jim or Jerrica, whatever. And then we rarely see him apologize. Like I think we need to start like an apology counter. (laughs) <laughs> so that we can, like, make note of every time Rio actually apologizes in this series. We can watch an increment from zero to zero. Like, right. right. Yeah. Every week it's like, whoop, Rio apologies, zero. Yep. So Jem tells Video that Starlight Music will be releasing the soundtrack of the movie and that all proceeds will be going to the Starlight, to the Starlight Foundation for Foster Girls. And on the set of the Misfits movie, a flustered Eric Raymond is shocked at the sight of orangutans on the set. <laughs> and he's, I just love this little interplay between Eric and Pizzazz, but he says, orangutans, who ordered the orangutans? <laughs> and Pizzazz says, I ordered the orangutans, Eric, bring them up here. Pizzazz, Pizzazz, I'm the director. I'm supposed to shut up, Eric. I'll do what I want. It is kind of an amazing moment. But the thing is... She should have smacked him, though. That would have been perfect. She should have smacked him. But also, I just... There are times when I really want to actually see the Misfits hit it big, or whatever this movie is called. Because I'm like, I want to know where the orangutans came in. (laughs) (laughs) I just really want to know. Like, why did... Yeah, like, why are they in there? Why did Pizzazz say, today, we need orangutans? Yeah, she really shouldn't be in charge of creative ideas i'm crying i'm laughing so hard oh wait this episode is just amazing we'll, we'll let you wipe the tears away while we uh we we cut to a misfits music video welcome to the jungle it's not a bad song actually this is one of the best misfit songs ever it's i, yeah, I agree just you know the, the drum beat the entire all the lyrics and then the chorus and I love how in this video Possessed turns into a wild animal and she scratches people and kills people and she's like a cat she's like a big she's cat she's taking her, her real form yeah she's a badass yeah Welcome to the Jungle is just top five misfit songs I, I mean I just like the the jungle setting in general I thought at the end of the video, I thought it was pretty funny uh, when you see Pizzazz jump into Nick's arms, only for him to drop her in a pool of water after freaking out 
about a lion. <laughs> and all the cr- the cast, uh, well, all the crew members anyway, are are laughing their asses off while this has happened. And Pizzazz is clearly very, very embarrassed. You know, Nick takes off and uh, says, "I don't have to put up with this, this circus." <laughs> the orangutans. <laughs> You know, Nick is a terrible leading man. Let's just say, I mean, <clears throat> just beyond the fact that he's a terrible person, you can't He kind of reminds me of Troy McClure, you know, in that sort of, uh, yes. you know, the womanizing sort of aspect, but also his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he is very much like, it's just sort of like a patented Hollywood guy voice. I feel like, you know, he's like the Tom Cruise of his day. I feel like Tom Cruise would also drop a woman if a lion warded him. Please don't sue me, Scientologists. <laughs> and back at the Gem movie production, Rio and Jeff rehearse a fight scene while an unknown woman tries to get into the club where they're filming. One of the crew members tries to turn her away, but lets her in after she says, Oh, I'm a friend of a friend of Gem's. That seemed unusually easy it seem it really does seem like they need better security they do it was the they 80s do. though i mean what what threats <laughs> no were there no the that would never happen on a movie <laughs> not even 30 years ago well, see okay? but it's not a real movie set it's, it's just the house <laughs> so really a friend of a friend of jams probably did wander in earlier that day like no no no, i have to be here to deliver the cookies with the craft table <laughs> Well, I mean, we we questioned it in the last episode about what kind of movie is this? I mean, there's swashbuckling, there are jungle scenes, there are you know, there's a scene in in a casino. I mean, like this is they're, everything's so disjointed. It's true, and I don't know. I mean, but Starbright is a whole new movie, so none of the scenes with the pirates and walking across the dangerous like tree bridges and stuff is in this version of Starbright. So it's just like Rio getting doing hand-to-hand combat with Jeff for reasons and then something about flowers. I mean <laughs> I mean she's in anyway and the the mysterious woman, you know, obviously the as the audience we know it is Clash and she steals a majority of the wardrobe and some critical camera equipment and stuffs them in her car. And uh, we cut away from that uh, for a moment to the Misfits dressing room, where we get to see Pizzazz arguing. <laughs> where we get to see Pizzazz arguing with Georgia, and she berates her makeup application technique, claiming she can do a better job. After insulting Georgia, she packs the makeup and uh, takes it away. And, of course, later, Pizzazz, Roxy, and Stormer begin verbally tearing apart every aspect of the production from unsatisfactory costumes to set pieces. And the set designer refuses to be insulted further and quits, which does not make Eric a happy camper. They're just really making things worse and worse and worse for themselves. As they do. They're they're misfits. It's kind of what they do. That's what they do. They're professional complainers. Later at the Gem movie set, Jeff hands video a VHS tape containing evidence of Gem's near-fatal accident from earlier on. And Jeff instructs video to deliver the tape to the union office while Clash eavesdrops on the conversation. I thought this was actually a nice nod and, you know, tie-in to uh, one of the previous episodes. I think it was Starbright Part 1, uh, where Jem had that near-fatal accident, accident where Rio swings in like Tarzan on, on the vine and, and saves her. Yes, it's the same evil accident of doom. And uh, Georgia drops by the studio, and I... I take it she actually quit, even though she didn't say she quit in the last scene. But she drops by the studio and asks if uh, she can work on the movie. And she admits to being wrong. And uh, the holograms accept her apology. And she says, quote, I listen to the misfits instead of thinking for myself. It's all about how gossip is wrong. Pretty much. like Because all they did... The whole reason why they didn't like Jim is because they listened to gossip from the misfits. So this is the lesson for children. Don't listen to mean, mean pants when they say things. 
Suddenly, crew members notice that critical equipment and wardrobe have gone missing. Fortunately for the holograms, Georgia recognizes Clash, and they chase after her. Clash manages to escape in her car with the missing equipment and videotape. The holograms decide to chase after Clash in the Rock and Roadster and nearly collide with an oncoming truck. Nice driving, by the way. Jem enlists Synergy to create a hologram of a falling tree, which causes Clash to hit the brakes, and the holograms eventually catch up to Clash and end up taking back the tape and equipment. Cut to a live concert of the Misfits. After the show, they are surprised、uh, by Clash's early return. Clash. Sheepishly admits that she failed at sabotaging the production of Jim's movie, and in a fit of rage, Pizzazz destroys her guitar. In a world where you have unlimited money, you just destroy shit. Well, I mean, she is a punk rocker, or wants well, to that's be. That's what rock artists do. That's what rockers do. They just smash guitars. I'm I'm not destined to be a rocker. Just can't. Can't stand for that. You know, even if I could afford to just willy nilly smash guitars, I could never bring myself to actually do that. As somebody who plays guitar and enjoys guitars, they're such a work of art. There's so much work that goes into them,、uh, considering that they're still, you know, very much handmade things. And so, I honestly, I would just feel terrible doing that. Yeah, I kind of feel like this is. Part and parcel of what goes on on television, where I, sometimes I wonder, like, do people in tele, do people who make television even think about that aspect? You know, how many times have you seen a television show where somebody just throws their phone, their smartphone, across a room or on the floor or whatever?、And、I'm、That's、like, okay,、true. so you know, I know that we're angry, but that costs many hundreds of dollars, <laughs> and、yeah. do you have the money to replace that? I don't know, and so I I think it's just it's part of just the whole thing on television where people just randomly destroy expensive things, and nobody ever thinks about the implications of that in the real world because they're just props. During the filming of a scene in the Gem movie, cast and crew are interrupted by Nick, and I just have to say this: I I I actually wrote down the dialogue because I, I thought it was just too funny. But、uh, Nick shows up and he goes, "Surprise, Jim, sweet thing! Nick Man is here to save you from amateurs. With my name in the credits, your film will have to be a big hit. And just for you, babe, I'll work for just half my usual fee."、Mm-hmm. Wow, you didn't quite get the get the amount of smarm in there, though.、Mm-hmm. No, I need a bit more smarminess、mm-hmm. in my voice. But、uh, oh, Nick. <laughs> Kimber, I guess she's totally over Nick because she says we don't need your help. <laughs> And、uh, I thought this was great, but Jem says now, Kimber, let's not be hasty. Because <laughs> look, the fact that Rio even is so mad about anything at this point—it's like how many times does Jem have to prove that not only is she smarter than you, but she actually is more loyal than like. Yeah, I can understand why he's upset. I mean, you know, she explains herself, but、uh, you know, the director says that you know we we can't do this. We shot half the movie with Rio as lead, and of course, Rio freaks out like usual and says, you know, all right, if if that's the way you feel about it, Jem. But Jem、uh, says, you know, I was going to say there's no reason why we can't find a part for Nick, maybe a bit part, and this does not go over well with Nick. He's very insulted by this. A bit part, a bit part, <laughs> and you'll have to work for free. For free? No, Tom. Well,、Tom. everybody else is. I don't do bit parts, and I don't work for free. Jim, you're the greatest. Dirt, dirt, dirt. Look, look. Oh, Rio. Oh, Rio. Because, <laughs> because first of all. I mean, I love what Jem does there because Nick needed to be sent off into obscurity as he was. Like, I don't think we ever see that that douche canoe ever again. But let's just talk about Rio and why he stole the worst. Because literally, in the scene that they were filming, where Nick barged in, it was Rio walks in and he gives Jem flowers, and she's like, "Oh, flowers, yay!" And he's like, "I could see you love flowers because you got men sending enough of them." And I was like, "You are the. What are you doing?" And I was like, "I don't even know if that's like. Did Rio write this 
the dialogue for his role because basically <laughs> it's just Rio. It's it's it, just yeah, Rio. it's him and, being Rio. So so then, like for him to do the exact same thing in real life in the next moment, I'm like, Rio's got to go. He's a method Rio. actor. <laughs> He's like, I have to, I haven't learned to share yet. <laughs> really what it is, is that it should be, I'm a, I'm a, a rocker. The gem teaches me to share my girlfriend. Oh. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, on the set of the Misfits movie, filming is interrupted by a few surprise guests. On behalf of the Producers Guild, the Stuntman's Union, the Director's Guild, and the Photographer's Local, production is to be shut down immediately. Turns out that directing a movie without killed approval and utilizing hazardous stunts is not the kosher thing to do. Surprise, surprise. So we can't call the cops, but the unions, this show knows what's up. <laughs> in a world where people never call the cops, the unions will still come for you. Well, you know that's that, that's some consolation, I guess. But uh, we get a uh, we get another music video uh, right after that scene, and uh, it's people who care. And my God, I oh, hate this song. <laughs> it is uh, first of all the tempo. I hate the really slow tempo and the lyrics. Oh my God, they're the worst. <sighs> People who care are people who share. Really? <laughs> really? You know, what's, you know what's really sad is that the actual melody and actual like music for the song is not terrible. It's not terrible. You know, it's, if you if you don't like a slow ballad, you don't like a slow ballad. Fine. But yes, the lyrics. The lyrics. Well, I think I think the biggest defender definitely are the lyrics. And like you said, I think if, if the lyrics were something else completely different then this song probably could be salvaged but as it stands right now those are awful awful lyrics i'd like to know who wrote this i mean kimber writes all the songs they, they've said that in the past so oh it just doesn't it this seems out of character song. this is real song. This is a video song i just but it's but it's not really really out of character i mean there are many gem and the holograms songs where it's just like Saccharin, 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 message, message, message. I mean, like, later on when we get to open a book, open a book is probably on the level of people who care where you're just like, why? Why would you do this <laughs> to any of us? Um, and, it, you know, it's really weird because, oddly enough, people who care, like, it doesn't seem to fit right here. But later on when this song is repurposed in another episode, it actually fits that episode much better. And... It's it's one and I think that as a kid I saw the second episode before I saw this one, and so I was like, oh, but why did hmm? It's kind of like music is magic, or, or she's got the power, where it doesn't really go where it goes. Um, and but later on when they repurpose it, it's just much better. So maybe they're like trying to redeem people who care, but it is not redeemable at this time. <laughs> yeah, and the the music video just seems pretty forgettable. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It, mm. Yeah, not doing so well with the videos uh, this episode so far. I mean, definitely the, the Misfits video is, is the best by far. This next scene is interesting. I'll get to my thoughts in just a sec. But the Misfits decide to celebrate, and Pizzazz tells Eric that the movie is a masterpiece. I found that extremely bizarre because... Are we to assume that they managed to cut the movie together with whatever footage they had? Because the production was pulled and they were not finished with the movie, right? So Well they they said, Hey, we've got enough. We've filmed enough. Right. Look, it's So then they, they put together whatever they had. Apparently Possess is happy with it. That's because it's a lot of close ups of her. Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That's why it's a masterpiece. Well, and you know how sometimes you do you do something creative and you walk away and maybe it's not complete yet, but but most of the pieces are there and you're like, yes, this is going to rock. And then it like really does. Maybe that's what was happening for her. Well, the party, unfortunately, is um, quickly interrupted by Mr. Gabor, who seems to have smoke coming out of his ears. He says that the movie production has cost him a fortune, including fines and lawsuits from dozens of unions. And I quote, 
Indulging you is one thing, but losing this much money is inexcusable. From now on, Howard Sands manages this studio. And he says that to Pizzazz, by the way. How quickly we have decided that it is worth any amount of money to keep Pizzazz happy. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there was a line, there was an amount of money in Papa Pizzazz's head that it was enough to, like, just let her do whatever. And then she went over that line. And you would think that as a woman who's grown up, that she would know where that line was. Like you could tell that she's tested that line many times. Maybe it's once we got into billions with a B that suddenly it was too much money. The one thing I find unrealistic, and this is not something I've brought up before, but oftentimes people with a lot of money, and this is just my own observation, but a lot of times people with a lot of money are not the most giving you know, I just, I find it a little unbelievable that he's just forking out millions after millions after millions of dollars just because he wants his daughter out of the way? Really? That just seems like nutty to me. I think it happens though. I don't know. Millions? I mean, I can understand giving her maybe a credit card with a super high limit, like 20 grand or something like that, which I, you know, that's people do that but i don't know millions that just seems that just seems a bit far-fetched to me well have you ever seen the movie the toy no not even heard of it so it's a magnificent movie that came out i believe either in the late 70s or early 80s it stars richard pryor and it's about a little boy who has a millionaire father and the millionaire father's just like money and so mm-hmm. he goes into a toy store, like they set it up so that this kid can go into a toy store when the t- store is closed. And his father says, you can have anything in the store. And Richard Pryor is like a worker in the store. And I forget what he does, but he just happens to be in there and he's doing something weird and he makes the kid laugh. And the kid's like, I want that. And he's like, that's a person. He said, you said anything in the store. That's what I want. And so it's this movie about how the father just throws money at Richard Pryor to get him to please just like, hang out with his son. And and I think that this is like a thing that, even if it doesn't actually happen in real life, this is a thing in our culture, which I think that people assume is correct. That if, because it's all about the, the disconnect between the parent and the child. Like the parent cannot deal with the child. They have no like actual connection with this child emotionally. Well, not emotionally, but just like, they have a hard time relating to the child emotionally. So they just throw money at it. And I feel like this is like a theme in our culture that this is true, that they're emotionally distant rich parents just throw millions and millions of dollars at their kids just to keep them happy and out of their way. I agree. And no, I, it definitely, it definitely happens. My, my qualm with it really, I, I think is just down to the, the dollar figures that he would just give her five million or $10 million or whatever it is, uh, you know, to, to set up a, a movie production studio to make, a movie just so that pizzazz can be out of his way. But I, I guess that's nitpicking though, because you're right. I mean, this kind of stuff does happen. There are parents like that. Yeah. I mean, there are, I think buying a movie studio is probably far fetched, but like there are parents who buy their children, you know, Aston Martin after Aston Martin. No, they're, and, they're called trust fund you know, kids. Like, right. Like, you know, and, and those, that kind of, like that buying off, I think, happens probably less frequently than, you know, plebeians such as myself, <laughs> you know, think it does. But like, I think it happens for sure. Well, we're coming to a close here with uh, the episodes Denouement and Bonnie finally gets to have her operation. Uh, now, Jerrica signs over a deed of trust to the doctor, who, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but it seems to be voiced by Charles Adler, the voice actor that does Eric Raymond. He just changed his voice ever so slightly. But uh, uh, she signs this deed, and the one question I have is, is this a deed to Starlight Mansion or Starlight Music? Because it, it doesn't actually say, and Jerrica doesn't say what it's for. And this whole this whole idea of signing a deed over as kind of collateral 
this you could never do that in real life but right especially if and also following it up with well if jem's movie is a hit this will all be paid it's like wait a minute well he does the doctor does warn her about the severity of the situation she'll she'll be in if she fails to come up with the two hundred fifty thousand dollars but jerica is extremely confident in this if only if it hinged on her terrible business acumen it wouldn't have worked out but in this world people <laughs> just get rewarded for being awesome and pretty Right. So, <laughs> well, now we have the premiere for both the Misfits and Gem movie, and we see droves of people going into both theaters, and we see audience members uh, leave the Misfits movie, and they're very disappointed that Gem wasn't in the film. And the holograms end up getting all of the audience members from the Misfits movie, and many of them decide to see the movie multiple times. Here's where I found it to be a bit strange because the holograms seem to have claimed victory at this moment, but this was just the premiere. There's no way you're recouping the cost of the production from a movie premiere. Like, just that's so strange. Why, why didn't they have, like, even if it was just a short scene, they could have just had, you know, uh, you know, a, a scene where they're showing movie theaters across the country opening up. Um, you know, and lots of people lining up to see it. It could have been you know, just boom, 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 quick clip of all these movie theaters. But we're we're supposed to really believe that the movie's a success because of the premiere. Yeah, of course. Why not? Reasons? Well, maybe it's just more implied. They're just implying that you know, if if this is a success at the premiere, then you know they're they're going to have a lot of good buzz. And I guess, yeah. <laughs> Mostly it's just hilarious to me that there are so many people lined up outside and and when those people come out, they're like, oh, this movie was terrible. They're just like, let's just go across the street. You know, just, <laughs> well, it was I'm not strange. sure it works that way. There, there was one person that, Jim wasn't even in the movie. Like, why would you expect Jim to be in a Misfits movie? Because they were not was- paying attention. They were not, like, I think that it was, like, moviegoers not paying attention. It's like, look, you've heard, don't you watch Lindsay? Lindsay would have told you. Jeff was not in a terrible movie. And so in the last scene, Howard Sands is pleased to present the holograms with a cut of the film's first bit of profit, which conveniently is a check for exactly $250,000, the amount needed for Bonnie's eye surgery. That is low. That's not a lot of money, but... It's not. Why the exact amount? That's so strange. Because it's a show for seven-year-olds and they wanted it to be really easy to understand. Right. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. And the last scene on this episode I thought was really nice. And Jem says she's got to attend a special premiere. And we see Bonnie watching the the movie. And obviously, uh, you know, it's very clear at this moment that, you know, Bonnie has had the eye surgery and that she can see. And Bonnie says, it's the best thing I've ever seen. Aww. It's beautiful. And it it is a guarantee that she is not watching the live action Gem movie. <laughs> Somebody needs to make a clip of, you know, Bonnie watching the, the trailer and just like a, a tear rolling down her <laughs> cheek. Like take it from that video where she's crying about her dad. Absolutely. <laughs> that would work wonderfully. Oh, you know what? I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't even start because I'm just going to start getting angry again about the movie. I've managed to block it out mostly. Like I, I've just let it go until I start to think about it. I made the mistake of visiting the Twitter page for the director oh, and man. right after he posted the video. <laughs> the video of the trailer that he just was inundated with replies this is the worst this is not this is not what i grew up with this i mean poor guy going to go over very well with fans i don't feel sorry for him he knew what he was doing well why don't we just move on to some trivia and there was actually quite a bit i just pulled out a bunch of notes from and and actually i haven't mentioned this but i get a lot of, of the trivia notes from the official gem well, it's unofficial, but it's as official as you're going to get. The Gem Wikia page. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but there were a couple of interesting things here. Again, uh, you know, frequent animation mistakes, uh, wardrobe malfunctions and whatnot. Usually, 
within the music videos themselves, which has happened before, uh, which is kind of amusing. Uh, but uh, uh, there are things like uh, when Jeff says that he'll take Kimber to the nurse, uh, he ends up having the same exact hair color as Nick. Which makes it hard to keep track of it everybody. It does. Yeah, it does. And after Georgia finished her remake of Clash, Lindsay has the wrong hair color of her bandana um and in the next clip it's it's orange from green so that's that's pretty strange in the people who care music video jerica has blue eyeshadow for a little while i did not notice that and when <laughs> when eric runs away from the premiere of the, <laughs> the misfits movie pizzazz's dress changes its color for a brief moment and it's a mood dress. Yeah, it's it's a mood dress, exactly. And again, another mistake in one of the videos uh, at the end of putting it all together, the animation cell ends on the right side of the screen when Kimber tells Jem that the costumes are missing. The lines on Jem's belt are pink, not blue. Lots of animation mistakes. Most of them not noticeable. Yeah, it seems... I don't know. Maybe I'm paying less attention, but I felt like I watched this one pretty attentively, and uh, I'm, I'm noticing less... I'm noticing fewer glaring errors than, you know, than the C-Team first five episodes. I don't know if it's... If it's just less glaring errors, or if it's just me kind of becoming desensitized to the animation mistakes because I feel like I, I used to, you know, pick them out quite often in, in the first couple of episodes. But now, honestly, I'm really not noticing most of them. I mean, the most easy one to to identify for me is when Kimber's hair is not the right color and it's usually kind of a fuchsia pink. Uh, more than red, which is the correct color, and that that happens just so often now. It's you know it's very easy to to point out, but when there's just little things, you know, like eyeshadow being wrong or a, the color of someone's belt just you know ch changing color for a quick second, usually I don't notice those. You're watching with your gym goggles on. Yeah, I guess I am. Well, that uh, that's it for this episode. Does anybody else have any other closing thoughts? I hate Rio. <laughs> I think this might be like when I was watching it, I was like, eh, but now that we're talking about it, this might be my favorite episode so far, just for the, like the sheer, I mean, even for Jem over the top, ridiculous, like orangutans and, you know, I don't know this, this might be my new favorite. <laughs> I will say that I, I want somebody out there in the Jem fan community to actually try to cut together what Starbright looks like and what the Misfits hit town looks like. Like just, yes. you know, I want to see what people think those movies look like. Yeah. And, and there must be somebody out there intrepid with their Adobe premiere or whatever they use <laughs> to cut together videos to make that happen. So that is, that is my challenge to you. Gem fan community is let's, let's see it. What, what do you think Starbright looks like? Yes. Yes. Agreed. Next episode is called The World Hunger Shindig. I have no idea what this is about. I love that episode. Okay. It has the word shindig in it, so it's got to be good. Shindig. That's an underused word. That's kind of disappeared from the vernacular. And and features another awesome Misfits song. I look forward to it. Do we want to say... Now, let's, let's just keep it for episode nine. By the way, uh, did either of you see that gem mashup video I posted? I think it was a week ago. I did not. I I was out of town, so okay. I Hold missed on. a lot of Twitter stuff. Just a second. I'm going to find it.
the editing is, is incredible. I need more of that in my it's life. It's way better than the... I, listen, I went back after and I listened to the original, and I'm like, wow, this... I can't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Look, Gem Fan Community, send us your mashups of Gem songs with other songs. Seriously. I think it's time. I think it's time that we have that in our lives. And I can guarantee you, whatever music ends up in this live-action movie, it is not going to be anywhere near that good. Nope. Uh, nope. Uh, it's going to be like... Uh. <laughs> I actually kind of imagine yeah, if really Gem depressed. were a modern band that it would kind of sound like that uh but maybe with like a little bit more guitar in the mix it still kind of sounds like the original song but it's it's more upbeat but yeah that's it's great that was nice i liked it if you go to the youtube channel uh where i found that uh, i think the account is called the mitigating it's kind of a weird name but uh but anyways he's posted a ton of uh, just clips uh, from the show, and a lot of the songs that he has on there are from the original uh, Master Audio DAT tapes. So they are in stereo, which has never been available. Uh, not even the stuff on the the Shout Factory DVDs. I think it's it's most. I think it's all mono. Most of it's mono still. Um, so, which gives me hope because they, so the story is that this guy ended up buying the tapes from someone who worked on the film or, or on the shows. So I, I don't know how he managed to get his hands on them, but he got his hands on the master tape. So it's pretty awesome. There are some other mashup videos on there. I think there might be one with the Misfit song. I'll have to double check. But anyways, I will put links in there for everybody. What else? What else? Oh, that was actually just speaking of the original master tapes. I have been wanting for a very long time for them to uh, re-release the series on Blu-ray. And considering that they have those tapes lying around means that they could they could do a remaster. Um, I would love to hear the songs in stereo and just just see the 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 animation just cleaned up and you know, better quality uh, than what they currently have on the DVDs. The DVDs also, I noticed, I was telling Aline on, on Twitter earlier that on this episode, as well as the previous one, the vocal track is completely missing from the intro. And I just don't understand. Like, how do you ship a DVD with, with that? I couldn't tell you. Uh, yeah. The one thing that I really wish that somebody would do is to release all the songs without the stuff that's part of the episode at the beginning and the end. Um, and even like without the, the stuff that's not the music in the middle of it, you know, like sometimes there'll be something going on and you hear like a sound effect of like a door or whatever. Um, but, but also just because <laughs> when the Shout Factory DVDs came out, I used like some tool that I had to record all of the music off of the Shout Factory DVDs and I just made MP3s of them. And in some cases, I was kind of like, oh, you know, the ending of this song, it does this. And I'm going to leave that in there because that's how it was on the, you know, cassette tape that I made when I was recording it off the television. But other times I was just like, this song, like, I just need the song to end and not have to deal with, like, people talking at the end of it. It would be really Yeah, nice. they, they need to do that. And this is, um, again, if you if you check out this page, some of the the, the music videos that he's got there there you get to see the video like the actual animation from the show but the audio is actually the studio recorded version before they've done anything else to it so on a lot of them it's really cool you actually even hear the count the countdown in the recording booth you actually hear the guy go one two three and then the song starts interesting yeah pretty cool but anyways we should uh we should go because we're over an hour now Okay. Aline, are you human? Are you on the internet somewhere? Can you prove that you're not a Cylon? Uh, no. No, <laughs> but I am on the internet. Okay. So um, I'm on Twitter. Um, and hey, like, like, do the Cylons say that ever? I don't remember them ever being like, well, I can't really prove it to you, but like I am. Does that that mean I'm not a Cylon? No. No. Oh. All right. Well, we've been we're gonna we're, we're gonna rewatch um 
Rewatch Battlestar Galactica. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for tips. Anyway, um, so I can be found on Twitter, um, at Aline. It's A-L-E-E-N. I have a podcast I do every week where I talk to geeky people about the cool things they're doing. Um, and those come out every Monday. It's called Less Than or Equal. And you can go to less than or equal.com to find out more about that. And I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Aline. And Tempest, can you prove that you are not a Cylon and can you be found somewhere on the internet? I can totally prove that I'm not a Cylon because I have a web series and Cylons don't have web series. Mm. Okay, that that is a mm. very so, valid point. Legit. <laughs> so my web series is called The Tempest Challenge and you could find it at youtube.com slash Bradford, and that's K, there's no other letters, K Tempest Bradford. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tiny Tempest. Uh, and you can find me on the other internets at ktempestbradford.com. Excellent. Well, we'll see everyone next week at episode nine. Bye for now.